Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the New European Podcast. My name is Richard Porritt and I'm joined by a sushi-munching Steve Anglesey. Hello, Snowflakes. Just to prove how metropolitan elite We are the, Steve I am the metropolitan elite. He, he seriously is it eating is sushi. I should probably take a picture, shouldn't I? Imagine what Owen Jones is going to say about this. They're eating sushi live on the podcast. Yeah, live sushi eating on the podcast. Is it nice sushi? It's very nice sushi, yes. If any well-known sushi brand would like to sponsor the podcast... I would love that. ...they can get in touch with us. Although, you know, the shipping of sushi... <laughs> we'll have to arrange it carefully. We once anyway. had, we had an email from, from a, a smoothie company, mm. and they said, we'll send you some smoothies. And they just sent frozen fruit round. We had bags of frozen fruit in the New European office. Terrific. Yeah, yeah, we, we put it in a bin. We are frozen gonna... fruit, we'll be glad of that in a few weeks. <laughs> I know, I we? wish we hadn't. We, we, if, anyone we... has got, if anyone who does some basic supplies, tins of potatoes and stuff like that, would like to sponsor the podcast. Also, anyone who's got an underground bunker who would like to sponsor the podcast. Yeah, spam. We've got some spam on the desk, we have ready for Brexit. Desk, yeah. um, if, if, uh, if you're enjoying this rambling, then stay, stay um, and listen more, because we've got news. There's news. And there is Brexiteer of the Week. There's Brexiteer of the Week. But perhaps the highlight yeah. is uh, Jay's exclusive interview interview with Vince Cable. I mean, it's only exclusive because she's the only Jerry who's interviewed him recently. He has done other he interviews. He's done quite, yeah. Um, but we've we, done them before, we and will, he will do others since. Uh, yeah, and, it, and he, you know, he's a, he's a very well-interviewed man. <laughs> very much so. <laughs> but first... Oh, it's a funky version. Oh, it is. <laughs> what does this relate to, Steve? I can't play anymore, else they charge me. <laughs> it's, uh, well, it's, it's Theresa May's Mission Impossible trip to Brussels, isn't it? It is Where indeed. she's going to be scaling the top of the EU Parliament, <laughs> and then she's going to come in on wires <laughs> like that, and they're still not going to give her anything. Simon Pegg's going to talk her through. The wire would be just too long, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> She'd just go up and down like a, like a, a sad yo-yo. <laughs> They'd be like, where's, where, where, where's Mrs May? And she'd be like bouncing behind them. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, Hello! And then they'd turn around and she'd bounce I'm back here. up. Have <laughs> you changed your mind? <laughs> Some parliaments do have them. Story to Theresa May. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, it's all gone really well. 
Mm. And I've just, it really has. And I've just got this um, this email, in fact, from, from number 10. Yes. Good. Explaining what, what has gone on. So let me read out this joint okay. statement yeah. on behalf of Prime Minister May and President Juncker. Prime Minister May yeah. and President Juncker have met to review the next steps in the UK's withdrawal from the EU. So that's good. It's yeah, a good start. Good. <clears throat> I'm going to skip through it because there's quite a lot of waffle. The talks were held in a spirit of working together to achieve the UK's orderly withdrawal from the EU. From the EU to a special place in hell. <laughs> we'll get to that. Yes, good. Um, so that's good, isn't it? The Prime Minister described the context in the UK Parliament and the motivation behind last week's vote in the House of Commons seeking a legally binding change to the terms of the backstop. She described it? She did. President Juncker oh, underlined... It's brilliant. It should have been there. <laughs> this is my favourite bit. President Juncker underlined that the EU27 will not reopen the withdrawal agreement. Point and ends. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's triumph already, isn't it? So there you go, that went well, didn't it? Um, yeah. Is this completely pointless? Yes, it's completely pointless. Um, I mean, the ne- next question, I don't know, you know. Well, what, what, I mean, what they're saying... Just she's, to, not be, she's not going to get to go on Eurostar anymore, is she, after the 29th of March? So, um, well, that's, so she might as well get them in while she can. Is that what it is, do you think? So, um, I don't know, do you, would, she, would she fly to Brussels or would she get the... I think she, she flew, I think she flew. flew. But it, it, what the people around the Prime Minister are saying, that this is just the beginning of this bit of the process... Right. So they so weren't you... expecting anything. In fact, there was one, I've got it here somewhere, one um, one number 10 spokesman who said, let me find it, um, one, uh, yeah, one, one source at number 10 said, we will go and ask for things and they will say no. Great. So there you go, that's kind of it. Um, I, I mean, what next that's, here? That sounds a lot like my teenage dating years. <laughs> and your adult ones. <laughs> 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 nope. Um, um, but but then it is worth highlighting. Uh, Angela Merkel has spoken of a need for creativity. Creativity. So perhaps they could do like Make some doilies. Do that well, thing where you oh, cut yeah, the woman out and yeah, then uh, and yeah. then. Ooh, ooh, there's <laughs> I can hang them up now. That'd be nice. I was thinking more. Um, what are those things where you cut a chip out of a potato? <laughs> Well, the potato people. But we won't want to waste those potatoes, would we? Potato stamping. No? Yeah, we won't want to waste them on stamps. <laughs> oh, look, pretty potato, precious potatoes away. She added, um, uh, oh, wait a minute, though, Mr Tusk as well said, I strongly believe a common solution is possible. Right. So they, actually, hey, this is sounding better, isn't it? It is. Let's see what Angela added. A common solution is not possible. <laughs> the withdrawal treaty cannot be changed. <laughs> Number ten, number ten said the EU will sit on its hands and watch the clock run down. Great. Uh, so there we go. Um, Stephen Barclay. If you sat on the hands of a clock, it wouldn't run down. Hey, that's a good point, isn't it? Unless it was a digital clock. Well, that's true. Yes. Um, hey, I'll tell you something. Go on, about tell a digital me. clock. Yes, do please. I was watching Goldfinger the other the other afternoon. Ah, yes. The other afternoon, yeah. uh, something that I've never noticed before. Um, he. Stops that he's trying to stop defuse Goldfinger's big big bomb. Yeah, um, he did have a big bomb. He didn't did, he? Yeah. It's a big blow, Gertfro, and he's trying to defuse Goldfinger's big bomb. And he's just about to press a button to defuse it, and some old bomb defusing man 
comes and rushes up and takes his hand away from where he was yeah. doing it yeah, and yeah. just presses an off switch. Yeah. And it's you see it stops at 007. Ah, oh, does it? It stops at 007, which is what I always remember. And then they're talking about it about 10 seconds later and, Bo- and Sean Connery says, yes, there were only three clicks left. So, presumably, originally, it's, they'd stopped it at 003 and then somebody had gone, oh, I know. I've got a good idea. In post-production. Yeah. I know. 007, but they didn't go back and fix the line. Ah, well, it was a bit like in post-production last week when I put some nonsense at the start before we even had the theme tune. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yes, yes. Feel like, it sounded like good, feel, felt like a good idea at the time. Yeah, it seemed like a good idea. And then idea. I heard it and thought, oh, that was nonsense, wasn't it? So anyway, it's, it's uh, a Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible, rather... Oh, it sounded like we were on the Smirsh pod. Smirsh pod. <laughs> I could never be able to say that. Friend, John Ray. <laughs> it did. Um, um, what's so, more interesting is what's happening in the Labour Party, isn't it? Do tell. Well, so Jeremy Corbyn's written a nice letter to Theresa May. Yeah, hasn't he? that's saying, nice. Saying, you know, I'll do a deal with you. We'll do a deal, but these are our five. Uh, my list of six demands is now a list of six impossible demands is now a list of five impossible demands. It's, it's pillow talk almost. It is, yeah, almost like the front cover <laughs> uh, of, of this week's New European. And Keir Starmer and his um, and his team appear to be moving it a bit closer, uh, 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 even further on, don't they? Because they have said, Matt Pennycock, uh, Matt Pennycook, rather, um, has said, uh, we've now set out in detail the changes needed to secure Labour support for a deal. Either May accepts them in full and commits to enshrining them in, in law before exit day, or we must move to support a public vote. There are no other credible options left. So, I mean, the, that's the other, the, it is very interesting. But the other, the other point to this is it ramp, really ramps the pressure upon the on the Tory Eurosceptics, doesn't mm, it? Massively, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, what, do you think we're closer to that people's vote, or do you think we're closer to the Tories probably getting behind Mrs May? I think we're probably closer to the latter. Aren't yes, we? well, we've said that all along, haven't we? Um, that they, they are the ones who are going to cave in the end. Yeah, yeah. Theresa May is expected probably to bring the rev- a, a revised deal back to the Commons towards the end of February. Yeah, I think then if it's voted down then, but but by, by a lot less than the two thirty, I think she keeps going. Just keeps going. Yeah, just keeps going to Brussels. No, no, come back. <laughs> no, <laughs> another <laughs> vote. <laughs> Have a look, rub there out and uh, written hour in in crayon. <laughs> Will this do? No, another vote. Repeat to fade. Yeah, I really do. I really think that's because she's just edging away at it, and she, she's she's seen who blinks first, either the EU yeah. or the Tory Brexiteers. She's not really bothered which at this stage. No. Any deal will do. Any deal will do. Oh, that sounds like a song, doesn't it? Does, it does, doesn't it? She closed her eyes. She closed her eyes. <laughs> Oh, bless her. Any deal will do. Theresa May and a technical leopard skin dream coat. Shoes. Shoes. Shoes mm. coat. What about uh, Tusk? Tusk is my, yeah. one of my favourite songs. Well, we have spoken about Tusk on this podcast on numerous occasions. It is a truly it wonderful a song. It's, it's definitely really my favourite thing. Great video. The video's brilliant. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. It's utterly bonkers. Uh, Tusk then. So, I mean, did he have a bit of a Kevin Keegan moment? Do you know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe uh, it looked like... Shall I read the tweet out? 
Yeah, well, he, I mean, he, he did the tweet, didn't he? But he also said it, didn't he? Yeah. So. Wondering what a special place in hell looks like for those who promoted Brexit without even a sketch of a plan for how to carry it out. When he first, when he said it, I thought he was talking about a special place in Hull. Well, I thought he was quoting Morrissey. The, what, the Street Life Museum of Transport? That is really good. I thought he was singing well, the There is a place this time of year. A place in hell for me and my friends by Stephen Patrick Morrissey. Oh that's right, yes. Yes. I thought that's what he was doing. Humber Street Art Gallery, very nice. Hull. Very nice in Hull. The 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 thing about Hull is that if you're travelling there on the M sixty two, the the motorway just ends. It just that's <laughs> it. And you just get people smacking into the back of each other repeatedly. You're yeah. doing ninety one minute and then all of a sudden you're on like a single track yeah, road. In, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is the road to Hull, which Hull. obviously Chris Rea wrote. Yeah, but yeah. So moving. It is though also Britain's San Francisco. It's very much so. Yeah. Very tolerant. It is. Got yeah. a big bridge. It's got a very big bridge. That's yeah. about it, really. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and th- then we had uh, a, a tweet as well from um, from uh, Giva Hofstad. Giva Hofstad. He he. He's got a brilliant name. I love saying his name. Yeah, it's good. He uh, added, "Well, I doubt Lucifer would welcome them, mm. as after what they did to Britain, they would even manage to divide hell." <laughs> vision of hell. <laughs> Just to learn practice. That'd be great, wouldn't it? If I David mean... Davis took up the job of Secretary of Hell, <laughs> Home Secretary, Hell. <laughs> hell. Questions to the Minister. Question one. Are we, are we burning here? <laughs> well, oh, it depends what you say. It is rather hot here, but. What would your first job be if you were the Minister of Hell? The Minister of Hell? I don't know. Temperature reduction. Temperature reduction. Carbon footprint. Some kind of climate change (laughs) of hell. Get the carbon footprint. I would would say it. How eternal is the torment? Does it go on day and night? Uh, It usually runs in about 55 minutes, this pod. Yeah. You've got Vince to come, so don't go anywhere. Breaking podcast. Yes, two middle class white men laughing, (laughs) eating sushi. Jokes and eating sushi. It's very good. Uh, Andrea Ledson wasn't very happy about Tusk's um, spiteful comments. She said it was. Did she say it was spiteful? This is the risible thing about all of this, isn't it? That the you know leave the leavers, the Brexiteers, the leavers just seized on this, and they went, "Oh, there's two things, isn't there? One, there's the pretense." That he's let's pretend that he's talking about everybody who voted for Leave, yeah. rather than just the idiots who he's talking about Farage. Well, he's talking him. about Farage, Johnson, Boris. and Gove, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Essentially, yeah. and then let's pretend to be really offended by the nasty man because obviously people, you know, people, he, well, Peter Bone pretended to be offended, didn't he? Andrea Lenson pretended, Andrew, you know, all of these people, <coughs> but but Boris Johnson, Gove, Rees Mogg, Farage, of all. Raised the spectre of Nazi Germany, haven't they, in comparison oh, yeah, to the yeah, EU yeah. in the past? So the idea that they would be offended by something like that is absolutely nonsense. And it was good to, I was glad to hear David Liddington sort of saying, you know, anyone who watches the House of Commons knows that people, their ex- exaggerated language is, is something. Um, uh, isn't, he said it's it, exaggerated language and intemperate language isn't only something that comes out of Brussels. So well done to David Liddington. And also, it, this outburst, which imagine if this had happened 
you know, three years ago, or even six months ago, when, when Dacre still roamed the land, this would have been the front page of the Mail, it would have been the front page of the Express, mm-hmm. it would have been, mm-hmm. it's not on the front page of Thursday's Mail, it's not on the front page of Thursday's Daily Express, it is a little blurb on the top right hand of the front, Sun's front page, saying that Tusk is shame, shameful, <coughs> rude, foolish, arrogant, is laughing at the face of Britain. And then we have Tom Newton Dunn, who is the political editor of the Sun, or he, he was is. last time I looked, or maybe he's got an even more elevated title. No, I think so. Who, who has been on Twitter saying he's actually right. Yeah. He's right to say this. The lead, he said Tom Newton Dunn said the Leave campaign took the conscious decision at the start of the referendum campaign to keep their definition of Brexit and any plan to deliver Brexit vague so they wouldn't fall into Alex Salmon's trap during the indie ref of getting killed on the detail. Yeah. The downside is that, we, as we all know, Britain spent the subsequent two and a half years tearing itself apart over exactly what 17.4 million people voted for. Yeah, he's right. He's, and he's, he's absolutely, absolutely right. Spot on. And and that is why I think that this... The likes of Dominic Cummings has, has even admitted that. Yeah, I mean, of course, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I think it was a real end of the tether moment, wasn't it? It was a real expression I, I mean, of not, sadness and frustration. But I'm not, I can't, I couldn't pretend to be offended by it as a as a Brit. Yeah, but we're yeah, but we're Snowflake Remainers, though. That's we? true. Well, we'd be no good in hell, would we? We would be no good in hell, no. <laughs> Where are the comfy in... seats? <laughs> Where are my pyjamas? <laughs> is, there a, is there a Starbucks here? Or... <laughs> is there avocado on toast? <laughs> no, just toast. Just toast. Burn toast. <laughs> so, th- there are three things. Three things. That there are three solutions, I'm told, to yes. the backstop. Yeah. Not just one. Not just three. One. Three solutions. So why is this such a problem? Let me okay. let me tell you the three. Yeah. Technology based solution. Yeah. What's that? Well, they've not mentioned that before, have they? No, never. They d- they don't know. They don't. Know. And in fact, um, it was only last year where Theresa May said that that would be impossible. Yes. At this stage, but she is now investigating that as a solution. Didn't Liam Fox have a plan <laughs> where he was going to? Wasn't he going to personally put an electronic chip into every? Orange that was shipped over. That's right. Every bit of food would be barcoded yeah. and scanned through an almighty. There'd be a massive, like thirty-mile-long uh, yes. checkout belt. Yeah, that's right. And you'd right. put everything on it, and then Liam Fox would scan it. Well, you say then, we, 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 we're joking now, aren't we? But one of his wasn't one of the <laughs> ideas was that they would bury a giant scale under the under the yes. road, wasn't it? <laughs> Under our roads, so we would know. So we would just wave lorries through, would but we would like, know how you know, how much they were carrying. You know, when you're going down country roads and they flash up how fast you're going. Yeah, would it be like that? So yeah. when you drove over, you say to the missus, "Oh, you've put a few pounds on this Christmas." <laughs> <Yeah. lovely." laughs> One at a time, please. <laughs> so yeah. Um, the second mm. would be um, a unilateral exit mechanism from the backstop. <laughs> Unilateral. Rude. It does sound rude. <laughs> do, you, do you have a unilateral exit mechanism from your backstop? Do you? The yeah, third, the third, and I'm informed that this is number ten's preferred option: a time limit. A time limit. So there we go. We sorted the backstop out. Well, that's it then, isn't it? <clears throat> Tell me about your friend Daniel. Uh, well, I was very, t- I've been very taken by the work of. Daniel Kaczynski, the, um, he's the MP for Shrewsbury and Atcham, isn't he? Do you want to know a fact about um, I, know, I know some facts about him, but go on, what were you going to say? He, he was named after the Elton John song. 
Daniel, my brother. Um, was he? Well, there you go. Um, so, um, anyway, uh, he's also, the other fact that everybody knows about him is that he's nearly a giant, isn't he? He's six foot eight and a half. Yes. Uh, and that, which is very, very tall. That is he? tall. That is very, very tall. We're quite short, though, aren't we? And tall tales are something yeah. uh, that, um, that I'm afraid um, Daniel Kaczynski... Um, um, uh, uh, sort of. Well, he's been linked with this week, hasn't he? Um, well, you you tell us what you tell us what he said, and I'll do a fact check on it. Well, okay. So he said, didn't he? He, he tweeted, uh, and he was referring to the American payments which rebuilt Europe after the World War, the European Recovery Program, um, colloquially known as the Marshall, the Marshall Plan. Marshall Plan, yeah. <laughs> uh, he said he wrote Britain helped liberate half of Europe. She mortgaged herself up to the eyeballs in the process. No Marshall Plan for us, only for Germany. We gave up war reparations. He went, then he sort of ranted on. Now, the main thing there is no Marshall Plan for us, only for Germany. Now, yeah, what yeah. have you got down there? Okay, about so, the um, so these were the, the funds, the loans, basically, that, that came to rebuild Europe after the war. Um, the money was invested in uh, industries in the countries. For example, Ford Motors in Britain were given a lot of money, replaced machinery, etc., etc. Um, so... Let's have a look and see who got what. West Germany got $1.7 billion. Yes. Um, and uh, and the, the top recipient, there was $13 billion in total. The top recipient yeah. was Britain. What? That's right, $2.7 billion. Right, okay. So, so when he said there was no Marshall Plan for us, only for Germany... Yeah, he's wrong. He was completely wrong. He's wrong about that, yeah. And so... What you would have done normally, if, if you'd said so, and, and of course people, you know, Twitter being Twitter, people immediately said, this is wrong, I'm a historian, I'm an economist. You didn't even need to be a historian, really, did you? Yeah. But so, so numerous people got in touch with Dan Kaczynski on Twitter and said, you've got your facts wrong, we were the biggest single beneficiary of the Marshall Plan, we received 26% of all the donations, which is more than any other country. Um, and... You would just delete it, wouldn't you? And in fact, Gerard Batten, our old friend, the leader of UKIP, he had tweeted a couple of days earlier, here's a fact about the Irish border. There are approximately 100 lorries a day cross the Irish border. And so he was saying, so the, the backstop is just a red herring. Yeah. And in fact, he was very close to the actual figure of 100 lorry, yeah. lorries per day crossing the Republic of Ireland, Northern Ireland border, because the, the exact figure is 5,500 trucks. Oh. And oh, six thousand yeah. seven hundred vans. Well, they're both numbers. So, so thirteen thousand two hundred is quite close to a hundred, isn't it? It's yeah, what, they've both got hundred in it. Absolutely. Right? Okay. Um, <laughs> so you know, but when this somebody pointed out to Gerard, that's even more stupid than some of the other things that you've said in the past. He had the he had the wit and the the, the balls to delete his tweet. Now, what Daniel Kaczynski did was something different. He yeah. tweeted. So everybody who said you're wrong about this, he, he replied to them to a few people. Uh, you need to get out more. <laughs> and then, and then, and Gavin Esler, who writes for us, and the TV's Gavin Esler, yeah. and he's got a great piece in this week's New European. He sort of went, "Why are you behaving like this?" And he said, and he and and, and, and Kaczynski basically said, "I'm not talking to you because you spelled my name wrong in your first tweet." <laughs> so why should I correct something when you've not corrected my name? Kaczynski, that's how you spell it. My name is Kaczynski. Um, he then went on talk radio. 
Yes, he did, yeah. Alexis Conran, who I, I, I quite admire. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, I wonder if people t- tune in imagine it's Alexis Corner, the old blues man from Radio <laughs> Bob. And then, uh, Probably not and, many. And then it's like somebody who's, who's, who's a bit like um, James O'Brien, but he's very good, Alexis Conran. And he said, um, he basically invited him to apologise and said, this is wrong, isn't it? And, uh, and Dan Kaczynski hung up on him. Um, and he said, I, th- I thought I'd been invited to talk to you about Article 50. Well, listen, if you've just said something that's completely wrong on Twitter, being called out for it, had a row with Gavin Esler, told loads of people to, they need to get out more, what do you think people have invited you on the radio for? And then he said to his local paper, the Shropshire Star, there are many people in this country who wants to whitewash the sacrifice that Britain has made over generations for Europe. Mm. They say it's not appropriate to look at the country's history to understand his creden- credentials. And so, so Daniel Kaczynski then decided that his best course of attack was to have a go at people for not understanding history, having proved that he didn't understand history. By the way, as, as, as we record this, about half an hour ago I looked at new developments in the life of Daniel Kaczynski, he's now saying he's got a different view of this because he comes from a Polish... He's a Polish immigrant. He yeah. came here when he was seven. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. And he said people who come from Poland would see things in a different way. What? what? <laughs> and he also said, I'm going to ask three top economists about this. Do you know what they're going to say? You're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. Stop digging, man. <laughs> He's still fighting this. The BBC, he gave an interview to the BBC as well, and basically he just said, let's not forget we liberated part of Europe in the Second World War. That seems to be his defence on this one. That's it, Which yeah. is a bit like singing two world wars and one world cup, isn't it? Well, it is, basically, yeah. Well, one, one world war and one world war. <laughs> just get it wrong. It's not even as... <laughs> get it wrong, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, oh, just one more fact check on Daniel Kaczynski. Yes. Um, he, he wasn't named after that Elton John song. Oh, wasn't he? No. That's really disappointing. Yeah, I know, I know. So you, so you just made something up. You made an untrue fact. Yes, up. but I corrected it. Oh, yeah. You see? You see. But this is the thing, isn't it? So this is the thing that I wonder about people like Daniel Kaczynski. And, you know, the shout... When it, the shout is louder than the echo, isn't it? Yeah. So it's, he's, he's, he's got it out there, hasn't he? He's got it out there that, and, and Jared Button has got it out there. There's only hundred lorries that yeah. go over there. Yeah. You know, he's got it out there. We didn't get anything from the Marshall Plan, and us little snowflakes can wander around and new, new European podcasts. We're not telling these guys anything they you didn't know, already know. You, you know, you know that what they're saying is wrong. But the people in their core audience, they don't listen to us. No. And they you just know, hear the message that they get. Who else did something similar to so, that? So Digby Jones this week, who's the old CBI director yeah. general. Yeah. He, is, he said in 2016, not a single job will be lost because of Brexit. Yeah. And Emma Barnett, who is also brilliant, I think, Radio yeah. 5 Live's Emma Barnett. Very good, yeah. Picked him up on this this week and said, look, here's, you know, this is, this is what's been going on at Land Rover. Now we've got Nissan. She said, I know somebody in um, Silicon Roundabout in Shoreditch. Yeah. Who they've stopped recruiting and they're letting people go because of Brexit. And he said, you're wrong. And she said, well, they're my friends. In, I know that, you know, I know. And he said, they're wrong. He said, these job losses are nothing to do with Brexit. They're everything to do with the uncertainty caused by the debate around Brexit. Oh, my God. I've so got amazing, no, no words for that. Imagine if he was on the old 
Nostromo with Ripley going, all of these deaths, these mysterious deaths, have nothing to do with that alien who's running around. It's just the result of uncertainty about caused by the debate about whether there's an alien running around bursting out of people's chests and spitting acid in our faces. In Brexit, no one can well, hear you scream. What's about it? <laughs> anyway. I've had, I've had worse breakfasts. So the, so the lesson is, just if you get caught in an obvious untruth, yeah. just brazen it yeah. out. Yeah. Just but, ramble on about something else. Just Steve, walk out of an interview, just hang up on your phone. This, is be, this, is be, this all began... Yeah. With that three hundred and fifty million pounds on the side of that bus, yeah. the shout really is louder than the echo, the and is that like... is why we're leaving the EU. Yeah. And on that note, I think we'd better uh, better go to Jerry, hadn't we? We have. Stay angry, fight Brexit, subscribe to the New European. Your first thirteen issues of the New European are only thirteen pounds when you join us and become a subscriber. Order by telephone by calling oh one eight five eight. 438840 and quoting podcast one, or order online at our website www.neweuropean.co.uk. Stay angry, fight Brexit, subscribe to the New European. Welcome back, Jerry's joined me. Hello, how are you? Warmer, warmer, a bit warmer, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> warmer than where? <laughs> It is a bit warmer. It was warmer yesterday, so it was last week. But I think there might be snow on the way. Oh, frosty, frosty, frosty. Talking of frosty, ah, gay seamless. Um, you interviewed uh, Vince Cable for us. I did. Just a brief one. Just grabbed him. Yeah. Um, and you put to him some sort of generally Brexity questions. How was he? Um, standoffish. Why? Look, no one really wants to be in a by school you. hall hacker. <laughs> <laughs> no one really wants to be in like a school hall in North Norfolk on a cold Thursday night, do they? I appreciate that. But um, what was the event? So it was um, Vince Cable, and he was with um, Norman Lamb, obviously Liberal Democrat. And that's the Norman who he will refer to in the interview you're yeah, about to hear. Absolutely. Um, and <laughs> M- they MP. were, and he was there talking about Brexit and basically how he thinks. I mean, he was there talking about Brexit, and yet when you asked him about Brexit, he was a bit standoffish. He didn't seem to want to talk about Brexit. Was he, um, did he have a, a date to go on or something? Or he... he didn't seem very happy that the media was there in general. He didn't really well, seem to ask any questions. It was a bit. It was why would Why would he want to get his message out? Well, absolutely. It doesn't need to, does it? Because they're soaring away in the polls. An issue which you address with him in the interview. Let's play it. If we get a hard Brexit, what do you think the UK is going to look like in ten years' time? Well, I think the, the issue is in one year's time, let alone two years' time. Um, I mean, a lot of damage will be done to industry. Uh, I was on. I did a video conference yesterday to 60 leading Japanese companies in Tokyo. I spoke with the Japanese Prime Minister, and the feedback I got from them was that there, a lot of them are already preparing to wind down their British operations. One of the big success stories in Britain goes back to Mrs Thatcher, was attracting big Japanese companies to put up car factories and other manufacturing and they need banks. Um, they're already preparing to go uh, and we will see that on a much bigger scale. I'm afraid, uh, and as Norman said in there, he's an expert on the health service, um, there are already, you know, worries, possibly panic, within the health service itself about drug supply. So the, the, if it's a no-deal Brexit, the impacts will be felt fairly quickly and painfully. Um, if we're talking about Brexit 
with a deal there will be a cost and 10 years time it will be apparent um, but it's of course it's not so immediate because there is a two-year transition in which we, we, we keep the existing arrangements. Um, obviously you said in there you know you've pushed for a second referendum and things like that I know you've been very vocal about kind of you know your yeah. remain credentials why do you think that hasn't kind of got many, much traction considering the polls are still very close so far? Well, I think there's a lot of traction behind the idea of having a, a people's vote. Um, the switch from Remain, uh, uh, between Remain and Leave hasn't changed a great deal. And there's been some movement, predominantly, you know, generational change, you know, young people coming up to vote and fewer people like me. Um, and that has had some impact on voting preferences and there have been people changing their mind, but it's not been on a massive scale. So. Um, you know, I can't predict the result. It could go either way, and I think the important thing is that pe people who are strong protagonists, like me, on the Remain side, would have to accept the result. Now we know the facts. It would be informed consent. Now, in but in terms of people kind of getting behind that Lib Dem push, why do you think that hasn't maybe had the impact that you may might have hoped that it did? Well, I think in terms of party allegiances, the dust will settle once we know what Brexit is all about and when people begin to feel the consequences. And I think a lot of people will feel, well, you know, the Lib Dems were right or they made the right call and we will benefit at that point. In particular, uh, a lot of young people who are very disillusioned by Jeremy Corbyn sitting on the fence. They followed him two years ago, saw idealistic, um, visionary view of the future and attractive to young people, and yet on Europe he's disappointed them. And I think we are beginning already to get uh, attraction from many more young people that, who we'd lost two years ago. Absolutely. And we spoke just a bit then about how the UK is going to be impacted, but what damage is Brexit going to do to the EU, if any? Well, it, it both sides will be damaged, but um, the UK is a much smaller economy than the rest of Europe, so the damage is disproportionate. The one European country that will be very damaged is Ireland, and in a way that explains some of the intensity of feeling. I mean, people don't realise that a lot of Ireland's exports to Europe go through Britain. You know, they, they come across on the ferry to Holyhead and then they drive through England to Dover. And if you're starting to get, you know, border checks several times over, and that's potentially crippling to um, Ireland. Um, so they, they will be hit very badly, particularly a no-deal Brexit, but they'll be hit anyway. Um, the other European countries less so. Of course, they're worried about the future of their nationals, Poland and, and, and so on. So I think there is a general wish to deal with this in an orderly way. They'd like Britain to stay, I think, but if we don't, at least to have a proper orderly no-deal uh, deal arrangement. So there he was. Yeah. It, it, well, I mean, he didn't sound standoffish. Mm, you didn't see his face. Was he scowling at you? No, he wasn't scowling, he wasn't scowling. Um, I think... The thing was, is, you know, I, you you heard me specifically ask him there, kind of why their their message. Yeah, of, well, that was the stand, that's the standout moment I think from the interview, isn't it? Yeah, and then he kind of went went on and on on and saying, you know, oh well, Labour's young voters are going to come back to the Lib Dems and things like that, and I just specifically asked him why, in particular, the Lib Dems hadn't got that support. Mm, mm. Um, because so he was, knew what you meant, he didn't did. he? And he did <laughs> then you picked him up on it. And, it. and he said, well, you know, when the dust settles, people will remember that the Lib Dems got it right. 
They certainly it's remembered when they got it, it wrong, yeah. didn't they? Well, <laughs> well, maybe, maybe that is the case, but that's not going to help us anytime soon, is it? More generally on Sir Vince, because I think we've always, I've always had a bit of a soft spot for yeah, him. Well, I've, inter- like I've him. interviewed him. And he, was, he, was, he wasn't standoffish with me. Oh, I'll take it personally then. Um, I interviewed him uh, at, bizarrely, at Tory party conference in Manchester right. uh, on a anti-Brexit march. Uh-huh. And he was, uh, was perfectly nice. Um, but it, so I do think it is a personal thing yeah, with you. Yeah, I get that a lot. Got, we yeah, that. Yeah, in and out of work. Yeah, both. You uh, from you quite often, in fact. Don't you worry about it. It's them, not you, Geraldine. It's them, not you. Um, but, but I mean, more generally, is is Sir Vince just keeping that seat warm, really, for for Joe? Yeah, Swinson. Yeah, I think he is, and. I don't even necessarily think that he's trying to hide that fact either. Yeah, yeah right, he's not, maybe not coming keep, out and saying it. Keeping them but... afloat, really. I mean, when, yeah. when Michael Howard did it, of course, for the Tories, I, I felt like they were still going in the right direction, whereas I think with the Lib Dems, um, and I know a lot of our listeners and and a lot of people involved in the European have got some sympathy for the Lib Dems. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and, and agree with them on a lot of things. Of course, on, on Brexit, um, of course, firstly and foremost, but... They, I'm not, are they treading water just about? Yeah, I think they are. But I do also, like you say, sympathise because what can they do at the moment? Well, I think, you know, do you remember um, Twickenham and how the joy of that victory mm-hmm. and and the, it really did feel like the Lib Dems were going to do well because of uh, Brexit and because of being strongly Remain? And then it just didn't happen, did it? No, it, it didn't happen. I don't think it is going to happen. I think partly it didn't happen because young voters were confused about what Jeremy Corbyn thought mm-hmm. about Brexit. I'm not sure how they were confused. That's still one of the great mysteries of the last few years to me, how they could be confused about it. But they were. Um, and and that, that vote just didn't didn't go for them. I, I mean, we, he, you and him talk about what Britain will look like in... He said two years, firstly, yeah, but then no, he did... I did, I did say ten years. He did, I know, and he did then sort of correct himself yeah. and say ten years again. So there were lots of different predictions of the future there. It was a confusing interview yeah. on all sides. For Vince, it was. Well, you died dressed as a clown or something. Yeah. Hello, Vince! There were a lot of police officers around, I think, that threw were him. They? I don't know. Why, yeah. why, why? Do you think he probably had, had a quick... in North Olsham. He'd had a quick joint or something yeah. out the back. Yeah, they're waiting for him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't for a minute um, believe that Vince Cable was smoking a joint at the event in the school hall. No, he went until he got home. Yeah. Um, so he was put off by the police officers. Okay, a very liberal Democrat, perhaps, when it comes to. Uh... <laughs> no, maybe not. Um, what was I going to say now? I've lost my thread. Yeah, we can say. Yes, so we spoke about. Um... Five, four, three. We spoke about. So, so Vince mentioned what Britain and you did what Britain would be like in ten years. Well, he said two years, mm. but he did correct himself, and you certainly got it right. But where, where are the Lib Dems going to be in two years? Where are the Lib Dems going to be in ten years? Oh God, what a question! Um, look, I don't think that they can't turn it around, but I don't think it's going to happen in the next two years. Certainly not. I think in the next two years, we're still going to be seeing the fallout. And a continuation of what's going on. I mean, look at where we were two years ago from now. And nothing's really changed that much. No, but I mean, especially with... I mean, will they ever be the third party again in our lifetimes? Maybe in yours, because you're only about 18. But in, in mine, it's looking unlikely. I don't know. I think potentially. I think if it does all come to a head of what a ridiculous decision this has all been, 
and they can gain some ground there then potentially but at the moment it's not looking like it's going to happen and, and yeah are, you, are we under the impression then are you suggesting then that Sir Vince is perhaps not the leader to do that and he knows it I don't think he wants to be the leader to do that is Joe Swinson Yes, I think so. You do? Yeah, I do. You're confident that Joe is, is good enough to... Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think um, it, it's fresh blood, it's new thoughts, but I think go for it. Joe Swinson gets the Jerry Scott seal of approval. Jerry, thank you so much for bringing Vince into our lives. Brexiteer of the Week. Welcome back. Steve, it is both of our favourite moment of the week when we get to crown a Brexiteer of the Week. Uh, let, let's just hark back to last, last week's Brexit Hark. Hark. I like the word hark. I'm going to hark back. The Herald Angels sing. I'm harking back. And there was a lady in Brexiteer of the Week last week called Cara Sandys. And I'd, I'd, I'm always quite hesitant about putting actual real people yeah. into these yeah. clowns that we deal with on a daily basis. But Cara Sandys was in Brexiteer of the Week because she was on a Sky News thing live from Southampton, a Vox Pop, and she said she voted leave because when you walk in, when I walked into the city centre, you, you constantly hear Eastern European accents, and I would see beer cans with Eastern European writing on them. Yeah, well, I, think, I mean that's fair enough. And I thought that was quite remarkable. <laughs> anyway, I did a bit more research on Cara Sandys this week, and I found out that um, it wasn't her first, the first time she'd been in the local press. Oh, great! Because earlier this month, yeah. She appeared in Southampton's Daily Echo yeah, by revealing that she is still watching the black and white JVC Video Sphere TV that she won in a WH Smiths competition in 1972. Whoa! It's one of those that looks like a space helmet. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's black and white. Wow. It could only get. And I bet it's got those lines that go up and down as well. And she said. Wait a minute, how. Surely the signal's not even. Could she still get a signal? Is there still a, like, an analogue signal? There's still an analogue signal. And she said, I see no reason to switch to colour if my TV still works, and a major incentive is the reduced licence fee. Licence fee, yeah, yeah, yeah. And could there be a better Brexit metaphor? That is, well, we'll all be watching on those. Uh, did you used to have a wooden TV? The, well, yeah. I told a young person that we both know that oh, I yeah. had a wooden TV, yeah. and the young person thought I was taking the mic. You were like, <laughs> like a wooden car. <laughs> Wooden mobile phone. <laughs> TVs were wooden. TVs were made out of wood. Yeah. Not the screen. Did no, you say? Did she well, think did, you meant the screen? I did see. Yeah, there wasn't a little man who would carve a picture on it for us to watch every evening. <laughs> <laughs> but the actual casing was wood. It was, and they were massive they things. Were huge, Do you remember right? when your TV broke and you'd ring the TV man and he'd come and play with your tube? Oh yeah. Very much now so. people's TV breaks, they just sling it in the bin. <laughs> get a Tesco and get another telly, will you? Quickly. <laughs> so, uh, the Brexiteers of the Week, then. Yes. Uh, and we talked about Daniel Kaczynski, didn't we, and the Kaczynski <clears throat> defence. Sp- the Kaczynski defence? Kaczynski code. <laughs> which is just brazing it out. But James Dellingpole, the alt-right blog uh, guy, yeah. um, he, did, he went reverse Kaczynski. Uh, I don't know if you saw him on this week with Andrew Neil. I didn't an see absolutely it. sensational appearance. He said uh, America is going to give us a fantastic deal, trade deal yes. after no deal Brexit. I'm now, confident. Even also. even I can see through that one. And Andrew Neil quite quickly said, if we leave in a no deal Brexit, it will be tariff free access for everybody under WTO rules, won't it? And he went yes. And he said, so why then? 
if they had tariff-free access to all our stuff, would they give us a fantastic trade deal? To which James Delingpole replied, um, I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> and he has, he's owned up to it. And he said, I died horribly in front of uh. one million viewers. It was so unpleasant. I never want to ex- experience it again. I hadn't boned up enough beforehand. Oh. Uh, Have you ever had an embarrassing moment on TV? No, I've had a very embarrassing uh, moment on um, um, uh, ra- uh, radio once, on uh, Radio 5 Live, Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I was trying to say that um, basketball had always had a... Um, hoop? A, a, a hoop, no. <laughs> it, I was trying to say that basketball had al- there'd always been a backbone of support for basketball in Britain, as there had been, because it was quite popular, yeah. um, in the immediate sort of post-war years and stuff like that, because of the Americans uh-huh. and stuff like that, and I couldn't remember the word backbone, and I said back, back, back thing... <laughs> Uh, which is very back good. Thing. The back thing. I was always had a tremendous back thing, and I thought no one will have listened to this. And of course, when I returned yeah. to the office, they went back thing, <laughs> like back think. Yeah, like back thing. Oh, he was great, yeah, wasn't really. he? He had he had uh, wings of steel. My wings are like a shield, shield of steel. steel. That was it. Yeah. Um, Who's James, next? James Darling Paul. Uh, I've got to say, in the same in the same piece where he said I died horribly, I was totally underprepared. I very much regret it. I've made a fool of myself and other Brexiteers. He then said, don't worry about the whole no deal thing because um, we'll be all right because China, the US and India all survived without being in the EU. Yeah. And you go, well, they're not exactly yeah. next to the EU, are they? No, and they're, and they're not quite a little bit bigger than Yeah, and they're a bit bigger than Blighty. them. And they've got manufacturing industry. Mm. Next is Charles Moore. Yes. Uh, former Telegraph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovely, urbane Charles Moore. Yeah, he said, um, he said, um, David, uh, David Cameron. Remember when he said David Cameron has said that people get trapped by poverty, but he said, but you have to remember that some people are also trapped by wealth. <laughs> Which, uh, you know, still makes me. I still well, get a T in the E for those people well, who are trapped. Absolutely. By wealth. I mean, I, I did notice. I think you may also be trapped by wealth because you of all that sushi. sushi yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, he said that everything. Again, taking up James Dellingpole's point, he said everything will be all right in a No Deal Brexit because he, Charles Moore, and his friends would smuggle groceries back from Europe to make sure we were all right. He said in our part of the South Coast. He's sixty-two, Charles Moore. You know, a lovely old red-faced man oh, in a tweed jacket. Oh, God. In our part of the South Coast, we are ready to set out in our little ships to Dunkirk or wherever oh, and bring back luscious black market lettuces and French beans, <laughs> oranges and lemons. And he also said, he also said, I remember what it was like after the war, you know, I mean, yeah, OK, he's 62. So he said, I remember... Now he's after the war. And he said, um, and he said I remember what it was like when there was short supplies of food before. And it's all right, because he said shopkeepers used to just lay out apples on their shelves with lots of straw around them. Yeah, yeah. So maybe if we get hungry, we can just eat the straw. Yeah, it's fine. Um, It would be remiss of me not to do Brexiteer of the Week this week without laughing at Aaron Banks. Yeah. Good news piling up for our Banksy, isn't it? He's already facing a National Crime Agency investigation into allegations of multiple criminal offences committed during the referendum. Uh, Leave.eu and Eldon have now been filed, which are two of his companies, Uh have now been fined £120,000 total for data protection violations. Mm -hmm. And the Information Commissioner's Office 
is auditing them. And if they, there are severe penalties if you attempt to destroy evidence or interfere with that investigation in any way. So it's not looking too good for no. old Banksy. No. He did take time out, though, from all of this to go to a DUP fundraising in Ballymena where the guest speakers were Ian Paisley and Jacob Rees-Mogg. So some people would say he's already been punished enough. <laughs> uh, but the Brexiteer of the week is, is Robbie Williams. Robbie? Robbie Williams. Right. And I haven't been paid by Jimmy Page to do this, just because oh, Robbie Williams annoys Jimmy Page by they, digging under his... They hit each other, don't they? They don't hate each other. And there wasn't, wasn't there a great story that Robbie Williams plays Pink Floyd really yeah. loudly? <laughs> To annoy Jimmy Page, who's next door. What's the best Robbie Williams song? There aren't any good. Robbie you, you've Williams got to know. You've songs. got. You've got to pick one. Can I? I don't know. I don't. I don't. You can include a take that one if you want. Can I? Did you sing on "Real Like My Fire"? I like that because it's got Lulu on it. I think he probably did. So there yeah. you go. You've picked. Well done. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Uh, and Robbie Williams, and he, he sang No Regrets, didn't he? Wait a minute, sang... that song's quite good, because it's got Neil Tennant and... Oh, um, yes, it has. What's That's his right. face from Divine Comedy? Yes, Neil, it's all the all Neils. The Neils. The, yeah, all yeah. the Neils, yeah. OK, I'll go for that one. Uh, but he sang No Regrets, didn't he? And he sang... Actually, do you know what I, I really like? She's the One. That's a lovely song. Oh, yeah, it's not... That's a world party. Well, I know. That's why I like it. Yeah. But he does a good it. version of Ant music as well. Honestly, it's worth listening to. Okay. Yeah. This seems to have gone on a... <laughs> Welcome to the Robbie Williams podcast. Yeah, of course. Um, Why is he a bad Brexiteer? No regrets. Something stupid, he sang, didn't he? And now he's lived up to it because he was. He did a Q&A live on the gram. What's the not, gram? Not like they used to. Instagram. <laughs> oh, right, I see. And... Um, <laughs> And he said, we've had a vote. It was Glastonbury 95 all over again. Exactly, yeah. It was when he was fat, it was magic. (laughs) He thought, I know what I'll do, so so people stop taking the mick at me for being in a rubbish boy band. I'll dress in a bright Adidas tracksuit, dye my hair yellow and fall about at Glastonbury. And eat a load of old pies. (laughs) That'll work. Is there any more pies? (laughs) He said on Instagram, we had a vote. Somebody asked him about Brexit. We've had a vote. They said we wanted to leave. So if there's another vote and they go, well, actually, let's have another go, that's not democracy. And then he said, I'm not saying which way I would have voted if I voted. I know very little about lots of things. I know very little about most things. It is all so confusing. Yeah, it's confusing. So not much chance of a chorus of I'm loving Angela Merkel instead. <laughs> Very good. From Robbie Williams. And Robbie That's Williams good. is the uh, the fat dancer from Take That, is the Brexiteer of the Week. Well, congratulations, Robbie. I mean, th- this is a man who took numerous years out of his life in pursuit of uh, UFOs, didn't he? <laughs> he did. <laughs> I mean, he's a character. Let's he's, give him that. He's a bubbly character. What should the listener do right now, just before they find that Ant music cover by Robbie well, Williams. By Robbie Williams, or the indeed the um, the Smells Like Teen Spirit cover by Take That. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Is, hey, do you know I've seen Robbie Williams twice. That's have you? Absolutely true. Once in two thousand, uh, no, nineteen ninety eight. I don't know. It was I think it was V Festival in those days in Leeds. Yes. When he was just a bit of a. I mean, it was before Angels. It must have been early. That must have been ninety seven in that case. So it's before he sort of come back. He was, and he did it then. And then I saw him amidst the right at the back of the supposedly the biggest Glastonbury crowd ever mm. in that would have been ninety eight. So a year later, yeah. 
and he was huge by then. Oh yeah. I was eating a pasty. Physically huge. No, he, he was he trimmed down by then. I was, oh, yeah. I was eating a cheese cheese pasty. Nice. Not much of a story that really was it? Not really. I wouldn't open with it. No. no. Uh, you can do. I tell you what you should do. You should do what Alan Barker did because Alan Barker is the latest. Um, Union European oh. supporter on SteadyHQ. Thank you so much, Alan. You are so if you go a hero. To SteadyHQ.com, uh, search for the New European. You can help fund our campaign to stop Brexit, which would be very nice. You'll help keep us, uh, me in sushi, keep Richard Porritt in um, rare art prints. Yeah. Um, oh, you should see the one I bought the weekend. Yeah, lovely. I bet. Have you seen it? No. I'll show you afterwards. Uh, but. More sensibly, you will keep the new European going and uh, you will help to fund our uh, important work to stop Brexit. So thank you to Alan Barker. Uh, just go to steadyhq.com uh, and search for the new European and you can join Alan there. Um, it would be lovely if you gave us a lovely review on uh, your podcatcher of choice. Lots of stars, great review. It really does um, mean a lot to us and it helps us rise up the rankings. Um, on Facebook, you can join the New European Readers Group, or you can just like us on Facebook. On Twitter, you can follow us at the New European, or you can follow me at Sanglesey, which is S A N G L E S E Y. Or you can follow me at Porritt, P O. P O double R I double T. That was the New European Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. It means the world to us. It really, really does. If you haven't already, go and buy the newspaper. It is £2.50. It's on sale now in stores up and down the nation. There's politics, there's Brexit, but there's tons of art and culture as well. We'll be back next week. Until then, Mr Campbell, play those bagpipes. Here you go. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.